Uh, Romans chapter 16. This, this chapter right here, I guarantee you, none of you read it all the way through. And if you read it, you probably didn't understand it and say, well, I said, that's, you know, I, I won't read that again. Because to me, it's just not easy reading. It's just not easy reading. Uh, but there, there's so much in chapter 16 of Romans that uh, we really need to get a hold of. And, uh, and I, I think if we look at it the way, I, the way I've been looking at it, the way I see it, I think we'll get a blessing at it. And so I'm, I'm going to probably be in this thought for a little while. Uh, if you go through the Bible and you look at all the people that was around Paul and what they'd done for Paul, uh, it'll be a blessing. And that, that's what we're going to talk about for a little while, the, the piles of Paul. Uh, the people that were around him, they helped encourage him, they lift him up, prayed for him. And uh, it would be great. Like I said, chapter 16 uh, is some, <laughs> some, if you read it, you go, who? But we're going to read it. And we'll just go that. Chapter 16, verse 1, I commend unto you, Phoebe, this, our sister, was a servant of the church was in Centra, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and yet ye assist her in whatsoever business you have need of, you for she have been a succourer of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also to the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church in which the house salute my well-beloved Epineus, who is the firstfruit of Achaia under Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute under Adominus and Adrenus, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Eubane, and our helper in Christ, and Stasius, my beloved. Salute Apelles, approved in Christ. Salute them that are the household of Aortus, beautiful household. You know, it would have been easy if it had been Mary, Paint, St. George, and all those. These names, I'm telling you. <laughs> Salute Heronium, my kinsman, greet the, of the household of Anarchus, which is the Lord. Salute Typania and Typosa, the Lord. Salute the house, beloved Persis, which beloved much in the Lord. Let, let me just stop there and pray. Father, we just ask you to open our hearts, Lord. Help us to be what, Lord. Help me bring forth what I see that others may see, Lord. Empty himself, fill me spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You said, what in the world are you doing? Where, where are you getting at tonight? Here in chapter 35, if you read the entire chapter 16, there are 35 different names uh, that Paul mentions in Romans chapter 16. 35 different individuals that Paul mentions and highlights in Romans 16. You might be sitting here tonight saying, that's no big deal. That's not a big deal to me. But if it was your name, if it was your name listed here, it would be a big deal. It would make a difference in your philosophy and how big a deal this is. If it was your name recognized as a helper, as a blessing, as a fellow soldier in the faith God and the Holy Ghost through the thought of it enough to record in one of his and the only holy book 
which is forever settled in heaven, you, you would take a different uh, opinion all about those names if your name was listed among them. Why, if it was your name mentioned here, you would be, uh, uh, you, this would be your favorite chapter. This would be your favorite verse where your name was mentioned. I mean, if your name was in there everywhere I'd go, I'd say, hey, my name's in the Bible. <laughs> my, my name's right here. And you'd be talking to people and say, hey, I, I got something I want to show you. My name is in the Bible. Paul was thinking uh, thanking people. Paul was thankful. Paul is all time recording uh, and remembering, thanking God for those that were faithful, who fellowshiped with him, who fought the good fight of faith. Now, Paul's got no shortages of enemies. And from time to time, Paul mentions them, actually mentions the names of the enemies. We have lived in a society today where they say, well, you shouldn't call people's names out. Paul did. He called out Alexander the coppersmith. He called out Hymenaeus and Philetus. But teaching that the resurrection has already done past, he called, called out Demas, forsaking him and having loved the present world. He, call, he called the names out. But, but I find this, when you read and study Paul's writings, and what a wonderful thought. Get this in your heart. Paul did not dwell on those that caused him harm, but he dwelled more on those that were a blessing to him. Those that encouraged him, uh, he, he dwelled on them the most. Now let me just say this, I want you to get this. If you start dwelling on those that have caused you harms, those who have said something about you, you start dwelling on them more than you do those that God has encamped around you, that wants to be a blessing to you, that wants to be encouraging you, you're going to slip up and you're going to get all bent out of shape. So the, the fact of it is, you need to stop worrying about what people say about you. Hey, man, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and, and, and start looking at those who love you enough to encourage you and want to take a hand and hand it out and help and be a fellowship and encouragement to you. You get to the place where you walk with God that you focus on one person more than what God has surrounded you with in your life. You become all exclusive to all those encouragers that God has placed in your life. And I believe God has placed a lot of encouragers here. I believe everyone is here for a reason. You know, you say, I've heard this and I've said this awful lot myself, that God always puts somebody in your path that got something that you need. That's got something you need. And God places you in the path of someone else that's got something that you need that you can be encouraged. Maybe someone that uh, uh, can uh, pray a lot better than you can, and God puts them in your path so they can pray for you. Maybe that you got a better word of encouragement. You can encourage them better, and God puts you in their path so that you can encourage them. God has always placed people in your path and beside you to be what you need and what they need. Amen. So Paul is talking about, Paul is saying, I, I want to be thankful for those that are around me. And Paul admits this. 
He would not be who he is or where he was at without these people. Paul would not have been the great apostle. And his, his missionary journeys would not have gone if it had not been for these people that Paul is thankful for. They encouraged Paul. They helped him along the way. The Bible highlights really uh, remarkable women and men, not just men, but, but women and men that encouraged Paul and that helped Paul. And there were some ladies among those that helped Paul that was encouraged. It, it, look at the very first one in the text here. Her first name is Phoebe. She's the first one mentioned in this chapter. Do you all realize something about Phoebe in the Bible? She is, he, Paul's in the uh, Corinth prison writing this letter, this Roman letter which is absolutely needed in the church age that we live in because it's full of doctrine, full of how to walk with God, how to live with God. It is certainly such an important uh, letter that we need to have today that Paul wrote in prison. And you know what? He gave this letter to Phoebe and, and encouraged her to deliver this letter. It was not delivered by some man, but this woman, Phoebe, when Paul entrusted this wonderful book to her to get it where it needed to be. Paul knew that. Paul highlights Priscilla and Aquila, how they helped him. Over and over, Paul highlights those that helped him in his walk with God. Listen to what I'm going to say. If Paul could not have made it in his ministry and his walk with God without those helpers, how in the world can you make it? How can you have help in your ministry? No man lives to himself. No man dies to himself. I'm sorry. We have too many Rambo Christians today. Y'all have seen that movie. Don't say you haven't. I know every one of y'all seen it. Especially women. I know y'all love Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Amen. I'm just telling you. It, it, we all that, 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 that me mentality i can do it all by myself y'all seen that first movie when he jumps up out of that water and he comes in his pecs all shining up and water coming off he's got that bandana and he's got this 16 in one hand and they had 200 people jump up shoot bam 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 and they missing the worst shots in the world he's uh, he's not even got he's not even trying to hide he's just out in the open and, and they're bang 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 all saying and they all did. <laughs> See, that's the mentality we got in our Christian world today. We, I, I don't need anybody else. I can do it myself. I, I, I can do what I need to do, and I don't need no help from anybody. Can I say this? Yes, you do. That's Hollywood. That's the way Hollywood looks at it. But I'm telling you, in real life, we need each other. We need to be encouraged with each other. We need to pray for each other. When somebody's feeling bad, we need to pray for them. And we need to encourage them and help them along the way. When somebody's slipping back, when somebody's not going where they should go, we need to be there to encourage them to keep going. There's times I feel like I wanted to just quit. And people come by my way and just encourage me to keep going. Amen. 
Too many of us got that Rambo Christian syndrome going on. I want to admit something to you. I'll get to the message in a minute. (laughs) I will never be a Paul. Never will be. Cannot be a Paul. In in fact, you read in the Bible, Paul said he was the last apostle. So if you meet somebody today and say, this is apostle so-and-so or so-and-so, no, they're not. Paul said, I was the last. That was it. But I can never be a Paul. I cannot write anything to go in the Bible. It's already done. God's word is settled. I cannot add to it. I cannot be a Paul. You cannot be a Paul. But praise God, we can be those that encouraged him, that lift him up, that fellow that worked with him. We can, we, can walk, we can walk just like those who walk with him. We can be those that just help Paul up, say, Paul, I'm here to encourage you. Amen. I can't be a Paul, neither can you. But I can be somebody just like in this chapter here, an encourager. To those that need to be encouraged. Amen. In verse 21 he says. Timothy. My fellow. Work fellow. This guy plays an absolute vital role. In the ministry of Paul. Timmy. Timothy. I believe that good. God brings Timothy along. Paul's life where. Does not, uh, not only does Timothy need something, but I believe Paul needs something. You know what happens when you serve God enough? Like I said, God's going to put somebody in your path that needs something that you got. Tonight we're going to look at this guy, Timothy. Paul calls him his own son. Talking about in the faith. Spiritually, Paul didn't have the children, but he called Timothy. He called three people sons. He called Timothy his son. He called uh, Titus his son. And he called Onesimus, which was the runaway slave. He called all three of them my sons in faith. It's his family. It's the family of God. And all three of these men are Gentiles. Paul was called to be a minister to the Gentiles. There's something that I would like for you to look at in this life of Timothy that we can apply to our lives and help those that are around us. Look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. This is Sunday night crowd. You know I'd put you through the Bible. I'll make you go there and there and there. It's good. It's good. Acts chapter 16. Verse number one. Then came he, the Derby, and the Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, and believed. Now, it, she was Jew, she believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that they were at Lystra. And Iconium, 
him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they knew all that his father was a Greek. Now in 2 Timothy 1, 5 it says, When I call to remembrance of the unfeigned faith that was in thee, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in these days also is in you also. You want to know something about this child, Timmy? He, he, he looked at somebody with power. He looked at Paul's life. Timothy, you know what uh, a lot of people think about uh, uh, this Christian? You see what they talk about him. They seem to be doing something for God. They're moving for God. They're not just standing around. They will say, I, I, I know I, I can't serve God because of my background. This is the kind of child that Timothy was. Because I didn't have the right upbringing, I can't serve God. Because I, didn't ha I had it rough in my life, I, I can't serve God. I cannot be like that. And I I'm sure if you look at where Paul got stoned first time, it's right there where the Timothy lives. And, and imagine this. He saw what happened. And it moved in him. Now, they, had, they didn't have no silver spoons in their mouth growing up spiritually. That's not the case with Timothy. With his upbringing. Timothy, we find in chapter 16, his mother was a Jew and his father was a Greek. And that day, she was looked down on because she was not supposed to marry outside of her nationality. He was looked down on him. Timmy ain't got no daddy in his life. Timmy has nothing about the daddy in his life. In fact, Paul, I just read to you, Paul had to circumcise him. He doesn't have a daddy to do that. He may have been sorry and good for nothing. I don't know. Maybe he ran off. I don't, I don't know what happened to his daddy. He never tells what happened to his daddy. Never explains to him. He's confused in his life. He has a mama that is a Jew. He's got a daddy that is a heathen Greek. And he's growing up with his mother. His mother made this mistake of marrying outside her nationality, outside the Jewish faith. They were not supposed to do that, but she made the mistake and she shamed her family. Timothy was brought up not well looked at because of who he is and because of his mama and daddy, who they are and what they've done. He's thinking to himself, how can I be like Paul? How can I be a man of God like Paul? My upbringing is just going to push me down. It's not going to get me where I need to be because of who I am. People look down on me. He's confused. But oh, happy day. When a preacher named Paul came by. And this heartbroken lady named Eunice, Timothy's mother, heard the preaching of the gospel. And there, there was somebody else that got saved. And she called on the Lord. She said, maybe he can do something with my broken life. Maybe he can touch what I've done. I've made the mistakes. And she called on the name of the Lord and got in the family of God. 
And, her, and his mama's named Lois and even got saved. And when he, she got saved, then grandma comes along and, and she gets saved. Now he's got a saved mama and a saved grandmother and he's living with them. Now I can see the change in his way he's been brought up. He's not been brought up the way he should have been to begin with. But now mama is saved and grandma is saved. Now his life has changed because now they're putting the word of God into his life. You sit here and say, I can't live for God. I can't do things like other people's done because of my upbringing, my background. That's all an excuse. That is absolutely nothing but an excuse. Somebody that is constantly throwing things like this. Well, you know, uh, they wasn't raised the right way. What kind of excuse is that? There, there are all kinds of people in here that was, wasn't raised the right way. Let me tell you. They didn't come from the right side of the tracks. They didn't come from the right side of the family. There's been a lot of people in here that was not raised in the right way. Bad past, broken homes, broken lives. But yet here we sit tonight. Here we sit tonight worshiping God. Living for Jesus. Trying to do something right. They, they made their mind up. I'm not going to be a drunk no more. I'm not going to be a drunk daddy no more. I'm not going to be a drunk mama no more. I'm not going to go to pills no more. I'm not going to run the roads no more. They made their mind up that they're going to serve God. I made my mind up. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. He gave it to me. I'm going to give it back to him. Lord, you can do more with it than I can. And that's what they said. Lord, uh, we save us. You can do more with my life than I could ever do because I've messed it up. And I, 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 I see them. I feel for them. I've done the same thing. I've messed my life up until I said, Lord, I'm going to take my hands off it and put it in your hands. You take control. And because of them getting saved and because of them serving God, they put him the Bible, the Word of God, into this boy's life. Look at Timothy. Now he's a pastor. And he never tries to use his past as an excuse not to serve God. On why he can't serve God. He uses it as a blessing in trying to... <laughs> And trying to help someone else that may came up the way he came up. A broken home, broken life. He used that and to help other people to say, hey, I know where you're coming from. I've been there, but let me just tell you this. There's a man that can get a hold of you, that can change your life. He can mend a broken heart. He can put families back together. I'm telling you. What kind of child Timothy was? He's brought up rough. But he doesn't stay that way. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.14. But continue thou the one thing which thou hast learned. And hast been assured. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You see what they're doing. They're giving this boy what he needs they start pumping the word of God into this boy's life telling him hey you are alright you can be good God has got you you are Christ nothing can harm you you're good 
And, that, and that, he starts getting there. The great, listen, listen, mama and daddy, grandma, grandpa, listen. The greatest thing you could ever do is teach your children the word of God. Get them into the word of God and let them just look at it and let them read the word of God and show them what the book. Teach them how to live by this book. Teach them how to walk by this book. Teach them how to uh, uh, say, Lord, I need you today. If you want to time that you are no longer here if God tarries and we go you're going to leave behind a heritage of this book in their lives that they don't stray from this book you may not need be able to leave them money the wealth and fame and fortune but you've given them so much more better than anything else the heritage of this book. I'm telling you teach them the book this evening you see the kind of child that he was you say, well, I, I, I taught them the word of God. I took them to the church. But I don't see it. I don't see the results of it. They've gone nuts. They've gone astray. They're out in the world. I, I don't see the results of it. Let me give you a promise from the word of God. My word shall not return void, but shall accomplish that which I please. You may not see nothing now, but let me tell you what. In some dark avenue, some dark room, uh, as the seed has been planted, and when God gets a hold of him, God will start working with him. You, it's not over with. When God says, my word will not turn back void, God's still working with them in their life. There's going to become a time they're going to remember what mama said. They're going to remember what daddy said. They're going to remember what the preacher said. And God starts dealing with them in their life. You may not see it now, Mom and Daddy, but there's a God still playing on their heartstrings. There's a God still in control. Why? Because somebody witnessed to him. It's the kind of childhood he was looking. The kind of Christian he was, too. 2 Timothy chapter 2. The kind of Christian he was. Do you know, realize most of Paul's fighting references, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. Fight the good fight of faith. You realize most of those references are in 1st and 2nd Timothy. Most of them are in 1st and 2nd Timothy. It's in this boy's life. Paul sees, and I, I, I say I'm going to, Highlight this soldier's life and his life. And Paul sees that. Paul sees that. I don't know maybe the reason why his daddy was a, a soldier. And he got called away. And, 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 and Timothy understands that mentality. Timothy sees that. And Paul says, I, I, I know you can understand this wording. I understand. I know you can understand what I'm talking about here. Verse number three. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man wants entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. There's something about the military theme that Paul rings heart in true of Timmy's heart. So Paul uses it. Paul find, can I say this? Paul finds out what people need in their life. And he uses that to help them, to encourage them. Can I say this? That's what we need to do in our lives. Find out what somebody needs in their life 
and be an encourager and help them in that. Use that to help them. Amen. Somebody might be like me. I'm military. I understand military and I understand all the lingo. And if somebody is lost and going the long way and they might have been military, I can use that to help them. I can bring them out because I understand their, what their mentality is. I understand what they're thinking. And the same way for every one of us, you can, you can use something that they're going through that you know something about. It's that theme that Paul puts in his writing for Timothy is that warring theme, that soldiering theme, that fighting theme. He was the kind of Christian Timothy was, he was a warrior. He's a fighting Christian. He, he's the kind of Christian that wants to fight the good fight. Lay hold of the eternal life. He's the kind of Christian that wants to live for Jesus regardless what the world says. Can we get somebody like that today? Can we have people today that says, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to give my life to God. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the government says. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to walk with God. He's a fighting Christian. Now I'm not talking about going out picking fights. I mean, he's fighting the devil. You say, what put that kind of fight in him? Well, Paul was his mentor. I, I think he puts in grit to fight in his heart. Like I said, remember when Paul got stoned in Lystra? That's where Timothy was from. The Bible says when they stoned Paul, they drug him outside the city. He was dead. And then the Bible said all the disciples circled around him. And I, and I, I kind of get to thinking maybe this young boy, Timothy, heard Paul preaching and then seeing see this act. And, and they, he watched them drag him outside the city. And then he watched the disciples uh, encamp around. And the Bible says Paul got up and went right back into the city. Paul didn't get up and run and say, hey, I'm out of here. I'm checking out. Paul, no, Paul says, I'm going to go right back in there and start preaching some more to them. He says, God, you know, God's got me. I believe Timothy saw that. I believe Timothy saw that there was something that down in Paul that Paul was not going to give up. He could have ran away when he got up, but no, he goes right back in to preach the same thing to the same people who just stoned him and drug him out of the town. Would you witness to somebody who just said something bad about you? You're not getting stoned. This man got stoned to death and went right back into the city. The reason why Paul understood this, they need Christ. They need Christ in their life. We need Christ in our life. They need Christ in their life. And we got to put aside our, our, our differences and say, Lord, if it's a soul that we can reach out and touch. Maybe that's what he saw. Timothy was watching that. This man's got some fight. What gave Timothy some fight? He watched another man. Can I say this, Mom, Dad, your children are watching you. They want to see some fight in you. Don't give up. We got too many, oh my, my. We got too many Christian, Christians that so easily give up 
when something goes wrong. They'll just slide away. They push the Bible away. They push the church away. They push the pastor away. They said, you know what? I don't need it. And your children are watching you do that. You set an example for them when something don't go your way, you give up. And when your children grow up and that's all they've seen you do year after year after year, what do you think your kids are going to be doing? They see, hey, mom and dad didn't put a fight up. Mom and dad didn't stay tough. I'm just going to give up myself. They need, they, your children need to see, hey, you know what? It might not be right. Uh, I, I might not be getting what I want, uh, but I'm going to stick into it. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep plugging on. I didn't get the color book I want. Uh, I didn't get the color carpet I want. I didn't get to sing. I didn't get to say a word. I didn't get to witness. I'm just going to keep plugging on. God will take care of that. But we give up too quickly. There was some fight put in him because he saw a man that refused to give up. Your kids need to see somebody that's refusing to give up. We find Timothy is mentioned with Paul in Acts. He's mentioned with Paul in Romans. He's mentioned with Paul in 1 and 2 Corinthians. He's mentioned with Paul in Philippians. He's mentioned with Paul in Colossians. He's mentioned with Paul in 1 and 2 Thessalonians. He's mentioned with Paul in Philemon. And the last place he's mentioned with Paul is in Hebrews chapter 13. Paul's locked up in Rome. We see the kind of companion Paul was. Timothy was for Paul. He said, know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty. Wait a minute. Timothy's at liberty? Paul is locked up. So that means Timothy was locked up with Paul. They let Timothy go and kept Paul. That, that tells me about his companion he is. He, he went all the way from the prison to Paul. You have a friend that will go with you all the way to the locked up in jail. You got a friend indeed. We got too many people to say, I'm your friend to the end and give up too quickly. Peter said, I'll never deny you. I'll go with you all the way to death. He didn't go. If you got somebody that says, you know what, I'm, I, I'm with you, I'm of the long haul, I, I'm not going to turn away from you, I'm going to just be right there, every step you there, I'm going to be with you. Even to prison, Timothy went to prison, he was set it free, so he had to be in prison with Paul. That's the kind of companion we need in our lives. That's the kind of companions every Christian needs in their life, that somebody's going to walk with them all the way and not give up. Amen. You got a serious friend, somebody that walked with you to prison. He said that at the end of his life, you can count on one thing. Somebody, they told me, a man told me, he said, at the end of your life, you can count on one thing. If you can count the number of friends you got on one hand, that's a blessing. We've got a lot of acquaintances, but let me tell you, somebody that's a true friend, we don't have many of those. Somebody that's a true companion, we don't have a whole lot of those. We see the kind of Christian he is. We see the kind of companion he is. 
But I want you to see the kind of comforter he is. In chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. I would like to be a comforter like this. When you see somebody coming, you say that person is a blessing or a burden. That person's a blessing. Verse 13, the cloak, Paul said, the cloak that I left at Troas, Carpus, when thou comest, bring it with thee. And the books, but especially the parchment. He said, look, Timmy, I know if I write to you and I tell you come, you're going to come because you're that kind of comforter. He says, when you come, bring, bring my cloak. It's cold here. Bring the books. I, I haven't finished writing. Bring the parchment. I, I got some things I need to say. Watch what Timothy, uh, Paul tells Timothy in his last dying breath, verse 21. He said, do thy diligence to come before winter. You know what, Paul? Paul knows Timothy. He's a real comforter. Timothy's getting cold. I'm an old man. Bring my coat. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I read this and I got to thinking about this. Can you imagine that Paul's an old man? He's in that prison. They don't have heat there. Stone walls, it's cold, it's wet. Rats are running around. He writes Timothy and tells him, Timothy, you can bring my coat, it's kind of cold, I'm an old man. And when Timothy shows up, can you imagine his face? The joy that he sees this young man bringing him his coat, his books, his parchment. You can imagine the joy he might have felt down in his heart. You imagine, hey, he says, you know what, Timothy, I know I could have counted on you. Is there anybody in here that you know you can count on? You can say, hey, Lord, I, I might not be able to count on a lot of people, but I know I can count on this person. When they say, yes, I'll do it, it's going to get done. He's an old man dying. He brought him his jacket. He said, man, thank you, Timothy. I sure do appreciate it. Everybody else has ran off and left me. You and Luke, the only ones that are still here. You're the last two. Timothy, you're a real comfort. That's a real blessing to have people in your life like that. Someone that you can depend on. Somebody that's going to be there. You can make your mind up tonight to be a Timothy. We cannot be a Paul. I cannot be a Paul. You cannot be a Paul. But every one of us here tonight, we can become a Timothy. Someone that's an encourager, that helps, and is going to stand by your side. Every one of us can be a Timothy. I, I'd love to have a church full of Timothys. Amen. I'd love to have a church full of Phoebes. Amen. But we all need that one person that we can count on. No matter how hard it gets, how rough it gets, you can say, I know I can count on that person, that woman, that man. They're always going to be there for me. Amen. You got anybody like that in your life tonight? You ought to say, just say, Lord, I want to thank them. Thank you for putting them in my life. I, I look at it this way. I look at all of y'all Timothys in my life. 
Now, I might be a Timothy in your life, but I got a lot more Timothys than y'all have. I got a whole lot more. And that's what we need. We can be encouragers in this world. Amen.